All right. Hello, hello. Welcome in. Post Jazz, my dude. Andrew J, my dude. <laughs> What's going on, brothers? Um, Andrew J coming in hot with the ice cream on D Live. I appreciate it. Um, currently the top contributors. And today I might try to do the chest. I don't even know. I think I just clicked a couple buttons. I still have never done it before. Um, so if you're on DLive or if you're on Instagram with me, go to DLive. I don't know how it works. I think you might have to donate a lemon or something. Or if you're just watching on DLive, it'll like redistribute the lemons I have for you in, in the chest, in the treasure chest. So I might try doing that in the middle of the stream. Um, and then, yeah, shout out Silosopher coming in hot this month with some donations. Set of Acantis, Andrew J. I appreciate y'all. Um, donorbox.org slash Sean V Planet if you want to help me that way. And um, there's other links and stuff on my website. Sean V Planet. I am Sean Corey. Sean V Planet has all the links for all the stuff. Um, my girlfriend's in the chat. She says, great shirt. Thank you. Yeah, it's a mountain folk shirt. Bears. <laughs> mountain Folk. Mercantile and Supply. Go support Mountain Folk. Proceeds actually go to um, helping stop human trafficking. Um, no BS. No <laughs> no, uh, no gimmicks or charades with that. He, uh, It's my friend from high school. Started a pretty awesome company. Um, kind of based primarily around photography and cinema, cinematography um, of landscapes, mountain scenery, that kind of thing. Really cool, like landmarks, national national parks, national monuments. And um, then started, a, obviously, a shirt <laughs> a shirt company, apparel company, I guess, because they have like hats and beanies and stuff. Pretty awesome stuff. And the proceeds actually go help benefit um, human trafficking. Um programs organizations and not the bs like you know where 95 percent of the money actually goes to like legal fees but like they actually are trying to help stop and actually um support a good cause so yeah check out mountain folk m-t-n-f-o-l-k mountain folk go support them there they have awesome shirts bears a bunch of bear uh iconography is that the right word <laughs> imagery buffalo imagery um nature imagery in general cool stuff yeah, I am Sean Corey, SeanVPlanet.com for all the stuff, um, for all my streams, good news for my dudes, devotional reading streams, my appearances on other people's podcasts, I have three that are going to be coming out, I was on two of Stephen Ignoramus' streams, and um, I was on Hanging With Bears, and I'm going to be posting those soon, blogs, more blogs are going to be coming out soon, so look out for that, and yeah, the donation options are on there if you want to help support, I appreciate it. I do appreciate it. I'm trying to get completely out of debt and start buying land before BlackRock buys it all up, you know? <laughs> before BlackRock buys up and destroys the housing market, I'm trying to get out there and buy some land. So help a brother out. Um, and just, yeah, help me out also by subscribing to me on all the social media sites, you know, Instagram, Telegram, Gab, TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I don't post often, but I'm there spreading the heat there. Um, and yeah, just share all of this around all the stuff I do to your friends, your enemies, your family, <laughs> all of the above. Today we're talking about the great commission and how we as Christians are to behave now that we are in Christ and the importance of spreading the gospel to all people in all nations, not just the people at your church, <laughs> not just your friends, not just your family, but all of the people in all of the nations. Next week, we're also going to be talking about this again. We're, I'm on an evangelism evangelism kick, you know. we got to do this. we got to get out there and do this. Um, but next week, we're going to get more to, like, the practical side of things, um, the practical side of evangelism, the how-to, the evangelism for dummies, if you will, and just more of the application process itself. This stream today that you're listening to, again, thank you for tuning in, is basically just explaining the need of advancing and spreading the gospel um, as an after has been accepted in your own heart, how to get other people to do the same, the need to spread what saved you as your faith walk progresses. Um, and again, thank you everyone. I'll try opening up the chest, um, in the middle, in the middle of this, or maybe at the end, I don't know what's better. 
I don't really even know how it works. I don't know if it just gives lemons out to everyone or if you have to have donated or what, but um, yeah. So yeah, thank you everyone again. Um, the stream, there are going to be some open-ended questions here today for y'all to just ponder, um, to just let them sink in and uh, you know smoke on them. <laughs> Think about them for a while. Answer them internally and just reflect on them as you go forward in life beyond this stream experience today <laughs> beyond the stream experience you are you are lucky enough to uh experience today if you are live with me here now uh feel free to answer them in the chat over on instagram i'm on instagram live right now with uh welcome to raisins and post jazz waving at me thank you guys hope all is well with y'all um as i'm asking questions here obviously you can't live respond in voice um, I don't have that feature yet but post it in the live chat and I'll read them at the end I'll get to them here at the end of the stream just mention what question you're answering to help me out with that because there's gonna be a lot of them be a lot of questions for you to think about and smoke on send your comments and questions and I'll get to them soon and I guess if you're watching this as a replay you can just comment too if you're on whatever app podcast app or whatever um, streaming platform um, Rumble, I gotta update my Rumble, but I'm on Rumble.com, YouTube.com, BitChute.com. Even though BitChute won't upload my videos, really, uh, <laughs> send your comments there, and I'll respond there too at a later date. But, but, Mr. Blue, what's going on? But let's get to it today. The whole premise of today, the whole premise of this stream: Are you a fisher of men? Are you a fisher of people? Are you discipling? You may be being discipled, but are you discipling? <clears throat> Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20 read, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 18 as well. Mark 1. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Matthew 13, chapter 13, verses 47 through 50 read, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw away the bad. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are you a fisher of men? Will you be sorted out in the end? correctly and put in the right place now on this recorded day in history Jesus was relating to actual fishermen literal fishermen as fishermen they were equipped with the tools required to make a living catching fish but instead of continuing their careers catching merely fish he was giving them a chance to accomplish something much greater in discipling people. Simon, Andrew, James, and John were given the opportunity to bring truth and love to those who were lost and show them that their only chance of salvation was in placing their faith in Jesus Christ, the true and only Son of God. Four uneducated, low-status, Hardworking men 
We're called by God, specifically called by God, to do something more than just catch some fish. They were to become fishers of men, and that they did. Oh yeah, that they did. This calling continues on through to today with all of us, all of us. We need to be working hard for God. We need to spread his word to those who have not encountered it yet and show people who have rejected it the truth, the love, the peace, and the salvation that can only be found by placing faith in the Lord. These men left everything they had to follow Jesus. All they knew, their entire life, their profession, everything behind. Their hometown, their home, their families, their wives. They left it all to follow Jesus. They obeyed, they trusted, they loved, and they were re rewarded eternally for their sacrifice. Are your eyes fixated on eternity like these men? Or are you seeking to bring other souls with you into the Lord's kingdom? We need to be willing to follow Jesus and spread the gospel to all people everywhere. No matter what we have to leave behind to do so or what struggles await us in doing so. We all need to be fishers of men. <laughs> we all must become fishers of people. We must take up the call to go out into the world, share God's word, and bring people to the salvation that only faith in Jesus Christ can provide. We all must become fishers of people. Phoenix Bear, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in. Mr. Blue, my dude. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Again, send your comments and questions. Um, this is, we're going to go through this real quick. Um, not real quick, but quick. <clears throat> so if you have answers to these questions, post them in the chat here live. If you're here on Instagram, on D live, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Trovo. This is the, uh, discipleship pop quiz that was given to me by the legend, the legend, Don Lifsey, my mentor, who should be joining me live on this stream on August 21st. He's waiting to hear back on some scheduling stuff. But he should be here in four weeks, three weeks, um, four weeks, joining me on the stream. Don Lifsey, the legend. And this is his discipleship pop quiz. Just sit back and listen. Take it in. Really question your walk with God and the work or lack thereof that's resulting from your faith. And if you do want to answer, post it in the chat here. I'll get to them or in the comment section of wherever you're watching or listening to this. First question is, do you fellowship with other Christians? 1 John 1.3 reads, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Do you fellowship with other Christians? Next one, are you sensitive to your sin? 1 John 1.8 reads, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Are you sensitive to your sin? Next question, does something in you hate the world and the world system? 1 John 2.15 reads, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Does something in you hate the world and hate the world system? Next one, are you obedient to God's word? 1 John 2.3 reads, and by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. We have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Are you obedient to God's word? 
Next is, do you love Jesus and await his return? 1 John 3, 2 reads, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Do you love Jesus and await his return? Next here is, do you see a decreasing pattern of sin in your life? 1 John 3, 5 and 6, 5 through 6, 5 and 6, reads, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen or known him. Do you see a decreasing pattern of sin in your life? Do you sacrificially love others? 1 John chapter 3 verses 14 through 17 reads, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Do you sacrificially love others? Do you experience answered prayer in your life? 1 John 3, 21-22 reads, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Do you experience answered prayer in your life? Next one is, do you experience the inner working of the Holy Spirit in your life? 1 John 4, 13 reads, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Do you experience the inner working of the Holy Spirit in your life? Last two, do you discern between spiritual truth and error? 1 John 4, 1 through 6 read, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you discern between spiritual truth and error? And the last one is, do you believe what the scriptures teach? 1 John 5, 1-3 reads, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. 
And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Do you believe what the scriptures teach? You can't just say, so Phoenix Bear says, because he is the commandments. You can't just say you are keeping the commandments if you observe the Sabbath on Sunday, or rather the first day of the week. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Sabbath day debate. Um, I don't know. I just, what is the first day of the week? That's the, that's the real question. And who, who determines that? Is it Sunday or is it Monday? If Monday is the first day of the week, then the seventh day would be Sunday. If Sunday is the first day of the week, then Saturday would be. Um, that's the real question. I've tried to do done some research, and it's all it all seems very grabbled about what the right first day of the week is. Is it Sunday or is it Monday? Yes, our calendars that were made by. Um, nefarious people <laughs> nefarious grabblers you know these, these guys these uh the hand rubbers the, the small hats um they um it seems to be a calendar made by them which puts sunday as the first day of the week but i don't really trust it i think monday is supposed to be the first day of the week therefore sunday would be the seventh day the seventh day is the sabbath i think the importance is just placing and having a sabbath and um, we're going to deep dive into the book of Matthew in a month or two here on my stream. And Jesus rightly corrects the Pharisees about the Sabbath. <laughs> Jesus rebukes the Pharisees about the Sabbath who, um, you know, in the book, in the book of Matthew, I'm forgetting it's somewhere in the teens, maybe um, somewhere between chapter 11 and 14. I could be wrong about this. The Pharisees asked Jesus about, um, you know, his disciples working, quote unquote, working during the Sabbath day and um, the, the, the infringement, the working that the disciples were doing was plucking grains from field and eating them, um, which was not stealing, which was. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he he didn't rebuke them for keeping the Sabbath. Yeah, the point was that Jesus was saying, I am the Sabbath. I am the embodiment of the Sabbath. And your rules, your oral law, your pharisaical oral tradition law is not biblical. The point of the Sabbath is to keep God in your heart and in your mind and honor him by resting. Working hard six days of the week on your pursuits in your life and on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day, keeping God at the forefront, forefront of your, mind, your, your heart and your soul and your mind. And the fact that the Pharisees were questioning God, <laughs> the living God, about what he was doing on the Sabbath day was like just um, in and of itself insane and crazy. I see what you're doing and I get it. You will get there. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it comes down to the, the, the debate of what actually is the first day of the week. My girlfriend says in all caps, Sunday is the first day. Yeah. According to who? What ruler, what earthly man made that calendar? That's my only question. That's the point I'm trying to make. As long as you have a Sabbath day, I don't think the importance of what exact day it is, um, God cares about. I think God cares about your faith in him and not um, the specific day that was named after some pagan god <laughs> on a calendar that was made by man. Um trying to reflect time which is not really existing which doesn't really exist um isn't that important but that'll be a debate for another day we'll get to that when i when i get to matthew in a few weeks i think we're gonna do a two-part stream on matthew because it's such a deep dive um but back to the back to uh the point here today <laughs> the point we're trying to get to here today is what is the gospel and how to spread it? And the gospel itself, put simply, is salvation for sinners. The gospel 
is simply salvation for sinners. Some questions for you to ponder, maybe answer in the chat or think about, comment on the video replay. Do you share this good news of the gospel with the people in your life? Are you truly willing to show people the truth and love that you now know and have in Jesus Christ? Do you share this good news with the people in your life? Are you truly willing to show people in your life the truth and love that you now know and have in Jesus Christ? Has your life been transformed? Has your life been transformed? Are you now different from the world? Are you different from the culture? Are you different from the world? Have you ever been attacked for your faith? When you publicly confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, are you or have you ever been attacked for your faith in him? Has your faith ever cost you anything? Has your faith cost you everything? <laughs> Has it cost you anything? Simon Simon, <laughs> who became Peter, was called by Christ to be a fisher of men. He failed many times in his walk. He denied Jesus and he doubted him. But, but, he continued on in his faith and became one of the greatest disciple makers ever likely the greatest disciple maker ever, despite his many failures. Luke 5, 4 through 11 read, reads, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him they pulled their boats up on shore to become no longer fishers fishers of fish they left everything and followed him to become fishers of men are you willing to leave behind everything everything and follow god are you willing truly to be a fisher of people if not, if not, let what is still holding you back be examined or questioned. And let all those who stand in your way of, the, of your walk with God and his right ways be removed from your life. Let it all be taken away from you. Remove it from your life. All that which holds you back from your faith in God and following his right ways and keeping his commandments. Go forth now. Continue on in your faith and become a fisher of man. Become a fisher of people. Sabbath is biblical law, it is a specific day. 
don't know. I show me the evidence, please. DM me. DM me. You I think you're in my uh Discord Phoenix Bear. Send me some messages that show me. I just I really have struggled to find exactly what the specific day is. It's the 7th day of the week. Yes. On the 7th day. God rested and he calls us to rest on the 7th day of the week. Now the question is what is the 7th day? <laughs> right? What man has made the 7th day? Um, the Bible does not exp explicitly make provide us with an actual calendar. The calendars we use are man-made. And when you start getting too into that, you start crossing lines of the lines that were crossed by the Pharisees, the lines that were our oral tradition, our, our, our laws, our traditions, our customs are more important than just living righteously. You know, when Jesus is standing face to face with a Pharisee and saying, your laws, your written laws say one thing, I am here, I am God. <laughs> and you aren't, even, you aren't even accepting that, you aren't seeing that. How can you not be in the, I'm physically in flesh in your presence and you can't feel me, you don't know me. But they know the law, they know how to obey their laws and their traditions and their customs. I just think there's lines that get crossed with that when you start looking too into um, earthly, physical, man-made rituals and customs. I think having a Sabbath day and having it be the seventh day is important. The problem is what is your seventh day and who is making that? But prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. My girlfriend says that it's the first day. She thinks she thinks Sunday is the first day of the week, and that the first day of the week should be the Sabbath. Um, to me, that's wrong. Because <laughs> we yeah we've had this. She's so adamant. She's so fired up right now in the chat because we've discussed this before. Um, because clearly in Genesis, God rested on the seventh day and calls us to rest on the seventh day as well in honor and remembrance of him. The question I feel, I mean, again, prove me wrong. If I'm wrong, I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, if I'm not following God correctly, I would love to be corrected. <laughs> I would love to be course corrected. Um, but Clearly, the seventh day is to be kept holy, and you're supposed to honor God and rest. You are supposed to rest in the Lord on his seventh day. The question is, what is the seventh day? Who is determining it? Is it Thursday? Is the first day of the week Friday? Like, who's determining what day is the first day? Um, and at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think it's important what specific day. I think as long as you, as a person, as a creation of God, as a soul in a body right now, here and now in this temporary place, as long as you, your soul, is taking the seventh day, honoring it and remembering God with it, doing his work, doing his, living in him, resting in him, I think that's what God cares about. Not whether that takes place on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Thursday or whatever, you know. Um, it, to me, it just seems silly to argue over which day, um, personally <laughs> prove me wrong though. Um, also these days, these days, these days are all named after play, pagan gods anyways. <laughs> I mean, that should in and of itself should show you that these are arbitrary, subjective, man-made creations. Thor's day, you know, <laughs> All the days, Monday, the, the moon day, the sun day, the, the day of the sun, all of its pagan worshiping days that were made by our um, European ancestors thousands of years ago. So the names in and of themselves are pagan, literally, earth worshipers, um, sun and moon worshipers, and pagan god worshipers. So to argue which day, you know, in and of itself, it's kind of laughable because it's like even these days we're arguing about are named after pagan rituals pagan customs and traditions to say that sunday is the day of the god well yeah it's the sun's day okay like that's pretty pagan right <laughs> yeah it only costs me material possessions and people who are lost yeah if that's the worst thing that happened then <laughs> rejoice in that I'm going to open up the treasure chest, I think. I don't know how to do it. Let me figure this out. 
The more your viewers engage in your channel, the more lemon the chest accumulates. All right, so let's read let's distribute the rewards. All right, in 30 seconds, you are now distributing the rewards. Chest rewards will distribute in 22 seconds. All right. <laughs> All right, hopefully you guys win some lemons from me. Um Clear note day of the week is it will specifically mention the gospel. Wouldn't Jesus have told them they were worshiping the Sabbath on the wrong day? I'll wait. Remember that time Jesus said, Hey guys, we are observing the Sabbath on the wrong day. Alright, I just prove me wrong with actual historical evidence of which day is the first day of the week. Do some homework. Prove me wrong. Luckiest followers. Andrew J got 99 lemons. And future homestead wife, my girlfriend, <laughs> got 57.3 lemons. So, congratulations. And then Andrew J gives me back a diamond. <laughs> Andrew J, you're supposed to win the lemons. You're not supposed to give them back. <laughs> Accept your reward. Accept your prize, Andrew J. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Andrew J, coming in hot. 110 lemons this stream. Wins 99 back. Basically gets a gets a full refund on his lemon donation. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, again, shout out Silosopher coming in hot last stream with a bunch of lemon donations. Andrew J, set of Acantis. My dudes in the chat. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, just come just... Anyone out there, you guys, Phoenix, anyone else who has a really good um, irrefutable evidence of what day is the Sabbath day, please send them to my DMs, my chats, my Discord, wherever, comment here, um, and prove me wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong. I think this crosses lines of legalism when you get too into thinking about which day is the Sabbath day and when your heart is not truly set, when your eyes aren't truly fixed on eternity. <laughs> and your heart isn't truly set on just loving and worshiping God in all his right ways, I think you cross lines into legalism and ritual that um, clearly Jesus came to correct. You know, the Pharisees were very into rituals and oral traditions, oral laws, oral customs, and lost grasp of the fact that God was literally in their presence and that God, that God can be in your presence at all time, working through you in the Holy Spirit. Um so yeah, <laughs> if you guys want to linger on all that, that's fine. I'm going to just keep continually, continuing to follow God in all his right ways at all times. And uh, until I'm proven wrong, I guess. But today, congratulations, lemon winners. That's kind of cool. I'll start doing that more when I get more lemons and stuff to redistribute. <laughs> um, I'm going to close the stream out today with an amazing clip of the incredible Billy Graham. Um, I really love Billy Graham. <laughs> I think most people do, right? Two Acre ND Bear, what's going on? Joe Gagan says, the treasure is in your heart. Yeah. My dudes, the, tre the treasure is in your heart. The treasure chest of lemons is in your heart. Um, Joe Gagan, my dude, what's going on? Post chest, Two Acre ND, legends in the chat. Um, appreciate it. And, yeah, again, Billy Graham. Love watching old, old clips of Billy Graham, just keeping it so real. <laughs> yeah, dude was awesome. I've heard, kind of like, debates about him or his theology or whatever. I don't know. don't necessarily believe in that. But, you know, he led millions of people to the Bible, millions of people to the gospel. And I'm not talking about a fisher of men. Um, whether you agree or disagree with this theology or whether you <laughs> agree or disagree with this, whatever opinion he has on the Sabbath day, um, <laughs> whatever disputes you have with his particular theology and beliefs and ways of worship, he ind indisputably led millions, and that's not an exaggeration, literally millions of people to the gospel. He helped save millions of people. So just an incredible guy, amazing guy. I love watching old clips of his. 
And I just wanted to share this one of you, one with y'all. Um, it's one of him. It's kind of set to you know some emotional, some emotional man manipulating music and stuff, um, <laughs> and like a montage of scenes that obviously is going to get you like more fired up. But in and of itself, it's just an amazing speech. And I want to end it today to help maybe motivate you guys, spark some inspiration in you to go out there and be fishers of people. And before I go and start that, I just want to tell you all that, and remind you all, that Jesus calls us all, all of us, not just Simon, not, not Simon called Peter, not just Andrew, not just John um, or James. Jesus calls us all, here and now, all of us, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Let's go out and do what we are called to do this week and beyond. Fish for people. Spread the gospel like a net to all with eyes to see and ears to hear and catch as many souls as you can before they are sorted out and sent to the eternal fire. Catch as many souls as you can and make sure they're coming with you into the kingdom. Bring all you possibly can with you into the kingdom of God that is awaiting you already, but let's together make heaven crowded. Go forth and crush. I believe in you. Do good, be good, love and be loved. I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place, 11 a.m., 10 a.m. Central Time. We're talking more in depth about practical application of all this. Um, SeanViewPlanet.com for all the links and all the content. Love you guys. Go crush. Go become a fisher of men. Last year, number one motion picture in the United States, and I suppose throughout the world, that drew the largest box office was a motion picture that was made just for small amount of money. Nobody ever thought it would amount to much. It was based upon a simple little story, and it was called Love Story. And a headline in the British papers said, the greatest love story of the century. But the greatest love story of all time is summed up in these 25 verses, or 25 words, that someone is called a miniature Bible, the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest love story ever told. For God. Do you ever stop and think about God? Many people are thinking about God today because we've seen that science does not have an answer to all of our problems. We are seeing that technology cannot solve all of our problems. And so thousands of young people in Europe and in America are beginning to talk about God. Some of them are going to India to see if they can find peace in their hearts. Some of them are going and studying yoga. And they're going into all sorts of different sects and groups searching for God. Some of them are going out into the desert and sitting under the stars and watching the stars. Have you ever wondered about God? Someone asked me at a university one day, can you prove God exists? And I answered, no. I cannot put God in a test tube. I cannot put God in a laboratory and say, here's God. How do I know that God exists? All the evidence seems to indicate that he does. I look up in the starry sky and I say, there must be a God. I look at the beautiful nature round about me and I say, there must be a God. I see the birth of a baby. Gary Player was telling us yesterday how he saw the birth of his last child. And he said, as I watched that, I knew that there had to be a God. But there's another reason. Deep in your heart, you have a conscience. And your conscience tells you there must be a God. Something down inside tells me there must be a God. Now, the amazing thing about the human conscience is this. 
that even if you don't believe what I'm saying, you believe what I'm saying. That even if you reject the truth of what I'm saying, there is rooted inside you a conviction which you can suppress with the years, but which is there nonetheless, which is telling you that these things are so. And this truth is the truth which the scripture will not let us forget. And the Bible tells us that this God is the creator of all the universe. In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now in that passage in Genesis 1, there is no explanation. There's no attempt to prove God. It just says, in the beginning, God. Because everybody believes in God. Oh, but you say, I've met some atheists. You met some atheists that hadn't had any real trouble yet. But you find a person who claims he's an atheist and let someone announce to him that he has terminal and you'll say, my God, help me. Or he get into a battle or get into a difficult spot, he'll say, my God, help me. Yes, all men know that there must be a God. He is the creator. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Now the Bible tells us God is a spirit. God doesn't have a body like yours. If God had a body like yours, he would have to be in one place at one time. But God doesn't have a body like yours. God is a spirit. And God can be in Africa. He can be in Asia. He can be in Europe. He can be in America all at the same time. He can be on a planet. He can be on the moon at the same time. I've talked to some of those astronauts that went to the moon. And they told me that they knew as they went around the moon, there must be a God. I talked to some of the prisoners of war from Vietnam just a few days before I came on this trip. I talked to those first prisoners that came back to the United States and they told us in those prison cells for eight years in Vietnam, they knew there was a God. God is a spirit. The Bible tells us that God is unchanging. He never changes. Fashions change. Every part of our culture and life changes. And vast changes are underway throughout the world. The jet plane, modern communications have made it impossible. Fashions change, culture changes, technology changes, but God never changes. The Bible says, I am the Lord God, I change not. The Bible says, there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning with God. God has not changed in thousands of years. 10,000 times 10,000 years from now, God will be the same. God is from everlasting to everlasting. God does not change. But the Bible also teaches that God is a God of love, that God loves. I'm glad that's in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, that God is a God of love and mercy and grace, and that God loves everybody. I don't care who you are. He has the hairs of your head numbered. He sees the sparrow fall. He's interested in you, and he loves you. Now, there are several Greek words that are translated love. Eros means sensual love, sexual love. Phileo means friendship love, the love that I would have for a friend. But when the writers of the New Testament were trying to find a word that would describe the love of God, they invented a new word, agape, the divine love, a love that we cannot know outside of God. There is no love that you can think of in human relationships comparable to the love that God has for you and that God has for me. God loves you. You say, but Billy, I don't deserve such love. I'm a sinner. I've broken God's law. I failed him a thousand times. I know that's the beauty and the greatness and the thrill of God's love. That no matter what you've done, he loves you. For God so loved the world, the black world, the white world, the yellow world, the red world, the rich world, the poor world the uneducated world, the educated world, and he loves us all the same. God loves you. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want us all to say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel is never preached without the working and the operation of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a little voice that's been speaking to you while I'm speaking. That's the voice of the Spirit of God. And God has been convicting you of your sin, and God has been convicting you of your need of Jesus Christ. Oh, I know that the majority of you may be members of the church. When I came to Christ many years ago, I was a member of the church. I was the president of the Young People's Society in my church. Everybody thought I was a wonderful Christian. But deep in my heart, I did not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, God loves you. He's given his son. What do you have to do? You have to do something. What is it? First, you have to repent of your sin. Jesus said, repent ye. The apostle Paul said, God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God commands you to repent. Have you ever repented of your sins? Do you remember the moment when you repented? You say, well, Billy, what do you really mean by repent? Well, first of all, repentance carries with it the idea that you say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Have you ever said that to God? I'm sorry, and you really meant it? And then it means that you have to change. You have to turn around. You have to change and quit doing your sins. Change your way of living. Old things pass away, and everything becomes new. That's repentance. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm willing to turn from my sin. Have you ever repented? Jesus said, except you repent, you will perish. And then secondly, by faith, you must receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. That can all be done with repentance. Repentance and faith go hand in hand. You may not understand it all intellectually. You don't have to. You come by simple childlike faith. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, that doesn't mean you do away with your intellect or commit intellectual suicide. Oh, no, there's a logic to the gospel. But your mind has been affected by sin so that you can no longer really receive spiritual things. So you come by faith and receive him. And then the third thing, you must openly confess him as your Lord and Savior and Master. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Follow Sean on social media at Sean B. Planet. His podcast audio is on the Sean B. Planet channel on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. His videos are on YouTube and BitChute. Live streams on DLive and Twitch. Blogs, links, and other stuff can be found at SeanBlanet.com.